Hopefully this times I won't muck it up. <laughs> oh, I have. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome back to Coach Class with me, Dom Birch. This is the podcast where I get to speak to inspirational leaders and coaches from across the globe. And I'm delighted to welcome back to the podcast, Claire Foy. Claire is a fellow barefooter. Now, this week, um, it's been a big week, isn't it? So we're back on the course, having had two weeks off. And they decided they wanted to get us into the world of beliefs, which can get pretty deep pretty quick, can't it? Very deep, very quick, I think I'd say. Like it was interesting because one of the first things I wrote down on day one was something you'd said about, um, I think it was you, about compare and despair. This sort of sense that even amongst ourselves, right, we are doing that thing where we see a signal from somebody else going, oh, Dom's done another podcast or Jen's read another book. And we're all like, oh, my God. And we start comparing, don't we? And kind of thinking, oh, am I being left behind? Am I in the pack? Really, really interesting, wasn't it? Just sort of checking back in with everybody this week and kind of going, we're all all right. Whatever pace you're going at is the right pace. I think I've done that from the beginning. And, and I, know, I remember the very first session we had together where you mentioned the podcast and, and you could sort of see people thinking, oh, I'm inadequate. And somebody else said, I run my own business. And I immediately, everything people said pushed me further down the inadequacy as to why I should be there. And so it's really lovely to get to where we are now and, and actually sort of embrace where people, where everybody is and and really understand that we're all on our own different path and being yourself at your own pace is enough. And that's, that's yeah, it's nice to be there. There's some really interesting stuff because we started to explore self-limiting beliefs and then looking at what are those questions, I guess, what are those, how can you provide the environment to allow somebody to have that mobility of thought to kind of move away or reappraise or revalue, re- re- I guess, uh, reestablish something that there's, they're holding deep down a belief perhaps they've always held, and to say that might have served you well back then, it might have helped you get to where you are today, but is it still serving you well now? What really struck me this week was um, how how far back those beliefs can come from. So when I was brought up, when I was very, very young, I remember my mum saying to me, there are no problem people, there are just people with problems. And I've always thought that was a wonderful way of describing the world and everybody in it. And, and just knowing that when people misbehave or they're, they're not doing what they should be doing, that they're not bad people. They've just got problems. But actually, on reflection, <laughs> what I realise is that belief I've held so dear to has caused me to want to fix everybody. And, and that was a real moment for me. I think we, that was Tuesday morning, very early on. I was like, oh, my goodness, I suddenly realised why I want to fix everybody because I think they're all they've all got problems yeah yeah so it was yeah a long way back that one to unravel but isn't that, isn't that interesting because you mentioned really early on in like on day one of us getting to know each other that you are inherently a fixer and you started thinking and going oh my gosh do I try to fix everybody is it not just you know work colleagues or people coaching but is it a friends and family thing as well am I always in fixing mode but understanding the why where that comes from I think somebody used the, the phrase, you know, honour the belief, but then help loosen it. And I've got a picture of WD-40 here, just as like my little aid memoir. It's like, you put the WD-40 on and just give that a bit of a, you know, up and down motion. Just loosen it up there and go, 
ah, okay, what's going on? What what am I discovering now about that belief that helps me helps me move forward? Yeah, I think when you when you mentioned that loosening that that word was was so strong and powerful because you know these are beliefs that I mean I'm 46 I've had these beliefs since I can remember so let's say 46 years and to to suddenly think that that's wrong is really difficult but actually if I think well it's not wrong but just loosen how you use it loosen how you adapt yourself to it and and just it's that consciousness isn't it it's that awareness yeah, the other thing, because I mean, we'd learned a couple of techniques this week, didn't we? You, by the way, the reason I paused there is because I thought I hadn't pressed record. I'm having one of those mornings. <laughs> I just poured cold water onto my tea bag before I came into the room. <laughs> anyway, um, but yeah, you know, we, we learned a couple of techniques, didn't we? So the, one of them was like, just get a pad of post-it notes out and just start to write down, like even if you're just thinking about yourself, what are the words that come to mind? What do I believe about me? And I started to write these notes down and it was like, and then you, you're able then to pin one of them, like like stick the post-it note on you, the one that was really, you know, your hard held belief. And, you know, I remember sticking the one on my, on my forehead or whatever. And just that technique of being able to ascribe a, a sort of a feeling or an emotion to a piece of paper and then look at it in front of you. And then if you want to screw it up and throw it away. It was really interesting just how that sort of like that technique in so simple, but seemed to really help me kind of get my head around. How do I feel about myself? Yeah, that was a really interesting exercise because I I definitely wasn't in a good place when we started um, on that exercise. And I was struck by how self-depreciating what I was writing was. And I know speaking to other people, they were writing sometimes quite, quite powerful beliefs, quite strong sort of affirmative beliefs. Um, and looking at mine, they, they seemed quite dark quite quickly. And I think my reflection on that as a coach rather than a coachee is that we really need to treat beliefs with care and, and take the context of the moment and, and really have built up an awful lot of trust with our, with our clients before we start to, to d- dig into those, I think. And there was a great question Irene asked, and she said, is it true? And then if the answer is yes... A hundred percent? No, not a hundred percent. And I just thought, you know, because every now and then, Irene, because Irene and Claire did a, a demo, and it, it was it was quite uncomfortable to watch, wasn't it? Because actually, what Claire started to think about and then to verbalise and feel wasn't something that she expected to think about, and and you could tell it was quite. We're all sort of observing, aren't we, in the dark? If you like, we've got our cameras off, we're on mute, we're sort of there, but we're not there, and. Like if it had been a balloon, I would have had to have burst the balloon. I just needed, I wanted it to go. But Claire's reflections for us were, just be careful though. What were you assuming about her? What were you, what we all assumed that she was like in a bad place, that it'd been left badly, that she was going to keep on thinking about this all day long and it would really, really, you know, was damaging in a way. And actually Claire said, I'm fine. Yeah, you're right. And it was, it it was me that actually said, I've, you know, I feel like I feel like you've been left and, and I know it was a short exercise and I would feel as a coach very uncomfortable to leave somebody who what I viewed was quite, uncom- as you say, very uncomfortable. And I, I felt that they'd been sort of, you know, the can of worms came to mind. I've just opened this can of worms, shaken it up and started tipping a few out and then gone, all right, see you later, maybe in a month's time or whatever. Yeah. And, and, and Claire absolutely rightly said, no, I'm fine. Um, and and actually, it was it was the next day, I think, when we did the exercise on the timeline, which I found 
incredibly effective for me um, where you walk along the timeline and you look at yourself in a particular time when this belief may have really come to fruition and, and really been quite impactful on you. And, and there was this lovely moment where it's like, what would you say to yourself back then? Um, which, again, just fills you with this sort of power um, of you're going to be okay. Like every, this all works out. And actually, you need to go through that because that makes you who you are now. And then there was that lovely moment of, and what would you say, what would, what would the, the past you say to the current you? And it was kind of like, yeah, do you know what? I am okay. I look pretty shaken, but I'm okay. And, and that was really settling. And yeah, you're absolutely right. As a reflection, as a coach, you know, it may feel uncomfortable, but that's our feeling, not theirs. I like occasionally as well, because Claire, I think, sort of reads the temperature in the room and we all get a bit like, oh my gosh, this, we have to be careful here. This is, you know, what if our coaching creates dependency? What if there's trauma here that needs another intervention, right? And, and I think we're all in the room now, aren't we? We've kind of like spidey senses on full tingle alert. It's like, be careful when you're playing around with beliefs, just be careful, right? But don't be so afraid of going there <laughs> that you, you never try it, right? Because actually, you know, she said, be playful, hold the learning lightly, and so when we were doing it and me and Joy were sort of going down the timeline, we both actually went to a good place, you know, rather than kind of going back to that sort of like, <gasps> let's go back to something that I remember and I'm holding on to. We we're like, no, let's be playful. Let's hold it lightly. Let's go somewhere that's nice. And Joy went back to a year ago when she first visited the house they're moving into. And I was there with her driving off this country lane up to this beautiful house with the ancient woodland you know, behind her and the sun on her back as she opened the door and the candles were on and there was a fire burning and she could imagine hosting a party there and she was looking at the pictures on the wall and it was a previous family and she was imagining the families that had gone before, right? It was just so uplifting listening to this story and then she went and got back in those shoes and then when she returned to the present and sort of moved back down the timeline, it was like, yeah, I, I know what I need to do. I know what I need to do. This is right. This is for me. This is the moment. And it just helped put things in perspective. And it was just it, like it was it was really, really like warming, I suppose, to, to see something that is beliefs, but it's like positive affirming beliefs as well. It doesn't have to be about, oh, my God, that time when my football teacher told me I was arrogant from the side of the pitch, which he did, by the way, Mr. Heath. So if you're listening, I need to have a word. <laughs> yeah, I think that's a really good point. I think that that unearthing beliefs on the affirmative as well is is so beneficial and actually it's just that reframe isn't it it's that reset that reminder you know as you say with joy what she knows what she's got to do it just brings you back um and yeah i think it's uh, i think it, i thought it was a fantastic two days actually the beliefs bit it was and it was usually you know i think i've come off these things and then like the try to go and do something normal you know like go into another meeting get, uh, you know have a normal conversation um do some work you know write something and i think i'm getting better now at just going oh my god give yourself a break it's absolutely exhausting being on these things you know the the sort of the amount of brain you're using cuz you're you're being coached. You're then getting quite emotional potentially by when somebody's coaching you because you end up talking about stuff that sort of takes you by surprise. Then you're coaching somebody else and being observed while you're being coached, and then you're observing people, and then you come back in the room and have to talk about it. It's like, oh my god! So I've, I don't know how you how are you finding because obviously you're in full time work as well. How are you finding that sort of shifting gears? 
I, I, it's, it's really difficult. I'll be honest. I mean, you're, you're exactly right. You know, you, you're listening, you're learning, you're, re, you're moving. I mean, I would say definitely I've moved into that conscious incompetence stage. Yeah. The more I learn that I'm like, Oh my God, the, the, there's so much out there. And um, I was actually talking to Michelle. I think we were doing a coaching session. She said it really beautifully when you come, when you step away from this sort of cohort of, of like-minded people and you try to talk to anybody else about what you're experiencing, it's almost like you're a hybrid communicator that nobody else seems to understand. <laughs> I know what you mean. <laughs> and I was like, and, and you just kind of want to be with each other because you're the only ones that know what you're going through. And so when I step back into this corporate world, I'm like, oh my goodness. And I do, I kind of need to go and stand in the garden for 10 minutes and just get my head back because it feels such a different pace. Um, and, and it feels like everybody else is communicating really poorly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, I, 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 I feel that as well. Yeah. It's, there is something about this shared experience. And I think even to the point now where we're all sort of like slightly nervous about the end is in sight, even though we're not even halfway yet, but we're sort of like, I was thinking about it actually this morning, I was lying in bed and I was thinking, blimey, right. We're on what? 29th of May. So two months ago, I hadn't actually officially left my job that I left that I'd been doing for a couple of years. I didn't know any of you. And of course I was doing bits of coaching, but I really didn't, you know, not to the degree and to the level of competency I feel like we're already getting to. Like we're already just so much more rounded in, in our, our our world and the tools that we have available. And yet we've only gone too much. But there is that sort of slight trepidation now that, oh no, gosh, by the end of July, August. But do you think, I think anyway, the connections we've made and the strength and depth of knowledge and support that exists with our group of 15, and I'm sure exists on all the other cohorts too, is brilliant, isn't it? Like I've got something coming up with a Coach G and I just know that I can lean on you and Conchita's offered as well just to help me sort of think what's the best way of approaching that session with this person who's got, you know, limiting beliefs as an example. What kind of things could I do? And let me just say them out loud to you and maybe you give me a couple of ideas. And actually probably what I'm looking for is just a bit of reassurance that I'll be all right. Yeah, uh, you're, you're absolutely right. And I think that the, the trust that we've built between us and, you know, we, we talk about psychological safety a lot in the corporate world and, and how difficult it is to build quickly. Uh, and I think part of it is that we're, we're all probably suffering slight imposter syndrome as to, are we a coach? Aren't we a coach? What are we doing? What do we know? What do we not know? Learning more and more every day. Um, and then, as you say, we're, we're being coached, which, you know, can take you very deep, very quickly. And, and it's almost like it, it kind of blindsides you sometimes because the questions just land at the right moment and hit the right note and, and you open up and you say, you almost, I think almost after every coaching session, I'm like, I don't really know. I didn't think I was going to go there. and I don't know why I did go there. So there's this real deep knowledge of each other um, that, you know, I don't know about my own family, I think. And then, you know, we've got this lovely group, this WhatsApp group where some of us are sharing stuff. Some of us aren't, some of us are just observing. Some of us are talking, some of us are helping, but it's that, that knowledge that when we all get back together and we sort of see the 15 faces on zoom, there's just this kind of, Oh, that's nice. It's nice to see you. 
And Claire says it a lot, doesn't she? She oh, let me just take you in for a minute. I feel like I've sort of morphing into bits of Claire. So I'm starting to use with love in my heart with people all the time. Because actually, I just think it's such an interesting phrase because it's kind of, it's just, you know, the way sometimes people use the opposite of that, which is no offence, but. Where you, yeah, and you just know that you're just going to be slagged off to your face, aren't you? But it's all right, because I'm not offending you. But with love in my heart, just sets the tone doesn't it it's like going i'm gonna i'm saying this with the best intent and because i believe this is good for you and you need to hear this so it's it's that it's that lovely sort of radical candor isn't it it's that i'm i care personally about you so i'm going to tell you directly yeah 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 definitely well i was thinking about imposter syndrome as you were saying it i found the post-it note on my desk which is the one i stuck to my forehead (laughs) and it is i'm as good as i need to be that's what I needed to have next to my laptop this week. The one that um, I, I ripped up that went before it was one that Mark had helped me with, which was stay still. And I'm really practicing that now, so I don't need the post-it note. But um, I had to do a coaching session at the start of the week, and it was in the it was in the real world. And I was like, oh no, has Zoom now become my crutch, right? Because everything I've done for the last six months coaching-wise has been on Zoom. And, and the, I think there's some really interesting positives about Zoom coaching. One is that the person you're coaching is in a safe environment, normally their own space, right? And then also you're in your own environment. And then, you know, barring interruptions and the Wi-Fi going down, you can actually have a few little things around you. So it's like, oh, they're my little crutches. I've got a post-it note. I've got a good question. I've got that model pasted on the wall, you know, all that stuff. But actually doing it in person was really interesting. And we walked and talked. And I know it's not like, you know, loads of people do this walk and talk in coaching. But it's the first time I'd coached properly with a new client and we walked and talked. And I just used some interesting techniques. We walked for about half an hour. And as we t- I, I stopped us and turned around, I said, right, that's really good contacts. That's really good. That's really useful to know all of the things that we've just talked about on the way out. Now, as we return, let's start thinking about the future. And it was just like, I thought, does that work? Is it playful? But it kind of worked, I think. That's lovely. And and I think um, I, I'm very much a sort of social person in in, in person and, and in the office. And I've, I've actually loved lockdown because of Zoom, because I have a screen full of post-its and scribble notes. And people don't know that I'm fully prepared for every meeting. Whereas I always felt in face-to-face, I had to kind of just do it naturally without without the reminders. Um, but I think that that walk and talk, that face to face, what that will actually do, as much as it feels like a crutch for me as well, I think what it will actually do is it will mean that I will focus even harder on the individual and I'll stop looking for my post, my post-its and my reminders and and actually just dance in the moment a bit more, I suppose. You really do have to trust the process. That's the thing. You know, you're walking and you're observing. And actually we walk side by side, but at one point we just stopped. And his pace was so quick, by the way, at the start of the session. Like, and I walk quick. And I was just thinking about you can actually slow somebody's pace down in the physical sense. But like we've talked about this in terms of just, you know, mirroring somebody's pacey language and just allowing the, the pace to drop a little bit. And then that gives them time to think. And just the cadence of our walking was interesting. So at one point we just stopped and we were by the river and he had offered up a really nice analogy. Actually, he's going, I want to get over to that bridge on the canal, but there's just logs and stuff in the way. And I kind of know where I'm trying to get to, but I've got a clearer path. I need to clear this path. And we just stopped and faced one another. And I bottled it a bit because it was, I could feel the power. I could, you know, you can just feel the, the the positive tension. That's sort of they talk about it. Only alchemy, the bit in the bit in the middle, the relationship that's between the two humans. 
It was so powerful. And I kind of bowled it because I was like, oh, my gosh, I don't know what to do with this power. And so we sort of carried on walking. And I think next time I'm going to hold that moment. Yeah, trust yourself. Mariana said that at the very beginning, didn't she? She said, I'm just I'm just thinking about how powerful I think I can't remember how she said it, but, you know, thinking about me and how powerful this could be. And I think that, you know, that chemistry that you get between people uh, is so important for that relationship, but also knowing as a coach that you're not going to get that with everyone. And that's also okay. I think that plays into that um, insecurity as well. It's that, you know, do people need to like me? Do I need to, you know, do they need to like me as a coach? But actually part of it is it's not about you. It's exactly what you said. It's that chemistry of the relationship. Um, and that trust that you can build. So that's great. I'm I'm looking forward to my first walk and talk. Yeah, and I just, you know, it's interesting because I saw, you know, one of the things I've, I'm conscious of, I'm, I'm coaching loads of people at the moment, but I'm not really doing that much work, right? So, you know, one of my ex um, business partners, <laughs> we're still friends, uh, was commenting when we played golf the other day. I said to him, God, you never stop. Like, you're working all the time. You're so busy. And he's like, I, I enjoy work. And he's like, you're semi-retired, you know? And I was like, I enjoy play, you know? And it's like, who's right here? You know, who's right? I, I feel like I've got the right version for me. But anyway, the reason I say that is I'm coaching loads of people, but it was, there's was also sort of a degree of pressure, isn't there? Like, I haven't started doing my volunteer coaching yet. Am I behind the others? The thing that I would just encourage people to do is you're never going to be, you're never going to be right. You're never going to feel like you're ready. Is It's that sense of like, you know, you just have to go for it. And I think when you do go for it and you don't fall on your face, it gives you enough encouragement to go, okay, now I'm going to try something else. And that, that's the bit that I'm sort of, be, I'm playing with now. It's just like having that bit of confidence just to go, I'm all right. I'm, I'm good enough. I'm, where's my post-it note? I'm as good as I need to be. So I'm just going to try and be playful. Playful works for me, I think. And, and that's it, isn't it? It's finding your style, whether it's playful or um whether it's sort of encouraging or, you know, or whether it goes deep very quickly or whether it's sort of the Nancy Klein side or the more directive side or, you know, it, what's so lovely about this is you do get stuck in, you're not meant to be perfect. And already, I think it was almost like week two, they were saying, you know, you're already better coaches than most coaches out there. You know, you've already done more than most people who claim to be a coach. Um, and the fact that you've come to Barefoot and the fact that you've had this experience, you know, to be in week, what are we now, week eight, um, you're already a very, very good coach. So just be you. And and I love that. I love not being boxed. And there's that wonderful saying, and I'm never very good at quoting, but, um, you know, it's it's you can't be anybody else because those identities are already taken or something like that. And and it's just just be you and just do what's comfortable for you. Well, we're going to leave it there because I think that is the perfect quote to end on. Just be you. Claire, thank you for being you. It's absolute delight and pleasure to have you on Coach Class. Again, I will have you on every week if I have my way, but I'm not allowed to do that. But um, thank you for coming on at the weekend. Thank you for spending time with me. Thank you for your reflections. It's been absolutely brilliant. Thank you again for coming on Coach Class. Thanks for having me, Dom. 